0: WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download the free local news app today. For the first time, Michigan voters are heading to the polls early ahead of next week's presidential primary election. Early voting was something Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilchrist wanted to highlight during a visit to Detroit this week. I'm proud the voters of Michigan have chosen to get more people engaged in the voting process by making it more accessible, making it more convenient. It is, however, our responsibility as public servants, as folks who are engaged in the political process to let people know about it. I don't think it's their fault that they have questions. It's our fault that we have not answered them. Gilchrist says that he cast his vote during a stop at Wayne County Community College in an effort to draw attention to the 10-day early voting process. It was made possible by voter passage of Proposal 2 back in 2022. In-person voting is available every day between now and Election Day, next Tuesday, February 27th. Speaking of which, with early voting underway in next Tuesday's primary, in addition of the presidential primaries, there are a handful of ballot questions voters are being asked to consider In Berrien County, Buchanan Community Schools is asking voters to renew the operating millage for 10 years. The 18 mills levied in 2025 would generate about $2.9 million for the district. River Valley Schools is seeking an operating millage renewal and a sinking fund millage renewal. The operating millage is about 18 mills and would generate about $10.5 million next year. The district is seeking an eight-year renewal. The sinking fund millage, meanwhile, which pays the for building repairs, is about 0. .7 mills and would generate about $726,000 in 2025. The district's asking for a six-year renewal. Niles Community Schools is seeking an operating millage renewal for 10 years. The 18 mills would generate about $4.8 next year. Over in Van Buren County, South Haven Public Schools is seeking an operating millage renewal for six years. The 18 mills would mean about $11.8 million next year. And in Cass County, the Cass County Transportation Authority is asking for a new .25 mil levy for services. Also, Edwardsburg Public Schools is seeking an operating millage renewal. Construction starts in early March on a major I-94 project here in Berrien County. The Michigan Department of Transportation's Nick Sharipa tells us what's planned is a $204 million effort to rebuild the highway between Stevensville and Benton Harbor. This year, rebuilding eastbound and westbound I-94 from Putz Road to just west of Red Arrow Highway, exit 23 to Washington Avenue. So if you're going just west of Red Arrow, up to Washington Avenue, eastbound and westbound, including those bridges over Red Arrow Highway at exit 23, we'll have two lanes of traffic open in each direction, not just this year, but every year for the next three years. Shariba said as part of the work this year, the Red Arrow Highway exit in Stevensville, exit 23, will have to be closed. He notes the highway dates back about 60 years, and it's time for a refresh. It's an aging interstate. It's one of the busiest interstates, believe it or not, in the country. So we need to make sure that we're getting to it, and that's kind of why we're doing it this way with these large rebuilding projects that take multiple years and just getting it updated. Drivers should expect traffic to move slower on I-94 between Benton Harbor and Stevensville while construction is taking place this year. The project starts in early March and will continue all construction season. It'll then resume next year and continue through 2026. The question of how to regulate floating homes or houseboats in South Haven is being explored by the City Council. At a meeting last night, members heard from Assistant City Manager Griffin Graham that staff have been working on an ordinance amendment for houseboats for a couple of years now. He said the new regulations would create a registration and inspection process and rules for mooring floating homes. The homes would also be limited to two per marina. These floating homes would be something that could take place at a marina, which is a previously established land use, and then clarifies that they would need a permit granted by the city clerk pursuant to the proposed new chapter in the city code. Councilmember Mary Hosley said more discussion should be held so the council better understands exactly what's being done. I'm reminded of us having to redo the fireplace ordinance, which was just passed last session after two years, and the environmental impact statement, both of which had to be redone because of unintended consequences, unappreciated consequences. The council scheduled a public hearing for March 18th to learn more. Last summer, the city council placed a moratorium on floating homes while study could be done. The question of whether they could be used as short-term rentals prompted the action. Property inspections are now underway in the City of St. Joseph. City Code Enforcement Officer Joan Ross tells us they'll be inspecting nearly 540 properties, mostly around the downtown area, from the right-of-way to look for issues like blight, peeling paint, missing handrails, and missing address numbers. Property owners will be notified in May if a deficiency has been noted, and they'll have through September 20th to address those deficiencies. There's also an appeals process, and Ross says the city works with people who run into trouble fixing certain problems. If a property is found to have no issues, the owner won't receive any message and therefore need not be concerned. The property maintenance program has been in place since around 2000, and Ross says most residents appreciated, especially neighbors of properties, where an issue is discovered. The inspectors will be out through April. More details on the program are on the city's website, and we'll have a link to them at our website. A new partnership has been formed in South Haven to honor the iconic Nichols Bridge. The Nichols Bridge was a covered bridge that was part of the Calhaven Trail until last summer. The Michigan Department of Natural Resources removed the landmark as part of a repaving project on the trail from South Haven to Bloomingdale. At the time, the South Haven Visitors Bureau received the remnants of the bridge with plans to use it in a new way at some point in the future. Now, the South Haven Visitors Bureau, the DNR, and the South Haven Area Recreation Authority have announced plans to purchase a 49-acre property adjacent to the Calhaven Trail, formerly known as the Riverwoods Development, so the former cover of the Nichols Bridge can be reinstalled on a trail. The partners hope the piece of the popular bridge can become a landmark in a new park. Ideas for the site include a small craft launch, a pavilion, and a mountain biking loop. The three partners are now working to arrange the purchase of the property. They say including part of the Nichols Bridge there could make it available for photo opportunities and historical reflection. Police have identified the body that was found along the Lake Michigan shore in Allegan County last week. The Allegan County Sheriff's Department says the body was spotted on the beach by a homeowner near the 22,000 block of Lakeshore Drive in Ganges Township February 14th. It has since been identified as 21-year-old Elijah Ramon Looper out of Chicago. He was last seen November 15th in Chicago. The Sheriff's Department is still waiting on the medical examiner's report to learn the cause of death, but says foul play is not suspected. And 31,000 pounds of trash was picked up out of Michigan rivers and streams last year by volunteers. The trash included everything from beer bottles to cans to water bottles, along with tires, furniture, and even grocery carts. Michigan Department of Environment, Great Lakes, and Energy Aquatic Biologist Tamara Lipsy was asked why people dump so much in the state's waterways. If I have the answer to why people do it, maybe we could stop people from doing it. But you can't walk out your door without seeing garbage on the ground. Um, Some of it gets there accidentally, and unfortunately in streams and rivers where you... If you find those big things. People are dumping them on purpose. Lipsy says the state uses money from a specialty license plate to pay groups to clean up rivers. Michigan has a littering law, and lawmakers push are pushing legislation to stiffen penalties for littering or dumping large amounts of trash. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues. New actions are coming from the Biden administration targeting Russia. More from ABC's Karen Travers. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said the new U.S. sanctions on Russia that will be announced on Friday are timed to coincide with the two-year anniversary of the start of Russia's war against Ukraine. Sullivan said the sanctions package would be "quote substantial" and cover a range of different elements of Russia's defense industrial base and sources of revenue for the Russian economy that fund their war effort. Sullivan said the administration believes it will have an impact. But didn't share more details on what will be announced. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. Missouri prosecutors say two men have been charged with murder in last week's shooting that killed one person and injured 22 others after the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade. Both adults are charged with second degree murder and other charges. Jackson County prosecutor Gene Peters Baker said during a news conference both men have been hospitalized since the shooting. The new charges come after two juveniles were detained last week on gun related and resisting arrest, arrest charges. Authorities said more charges are possible. Police have set a dispute among several people led to the shootings. It was an historic ruling today from Alabama's state Supreme Court that could affect the future of in vitro fertilization. The court has ruled that frozen embryos do indeed qualify as children under its state law. Medical experts and abortion rights advocates warn this could have major consequences for women seeking access to fertility treatments. More from ABC's Elizabeth Shelsey. This really is a case that could have far-reaching consequences for families in the state of Alabama who are trying to get pregnant through IVF. And what this case centered on was this, this incident where a patient was able to get into this fertility clinic in Alabama. They somehow got access to that freezer, took out some embryos accidentally dropped them and and destroyed them and that's how this lawsuit went forward and essentially what alabama supreme court decided is that now that patient can be held liable for wrongful deaths the world food program says it has to pause deliveries of food to isolated northern gaza because of increasing chaos across the territory hiking fears of potential starvation a study by the un children's agency warned that one in six children in the north are acutely malnourished Entry of aid trucks into the besieged territory sharply declined by more than half in the last two weeks, according to U.N. figures. Overwhelmed U.N. and relief workers said aid intake and distribution has been crippled by Israeli failure to ensure convoy's safety amid its advancing assault and a breakdown in security, with hungry Palestinians frequently overwhelming trucks to take food. Meanwhile, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has vowed to press on the war in Gaza despite pressure from the U.N., Israel said it will, it will next move into Rafah next month if Hamas is not freed its hostages by Ramadan, sparking fears of mass civilian casualties. More from ABC's Marcus Moore in Tel Aviv. The U.S. once again using its veto power to reject proposals for a ceasefire in the U.N. Security Council. Algeria put forward the motion, but the U.S. has said its veto was meant to prevent a binding call for a ceasefire. Instead, proposing a temporary humanitarian ceasefire. The U.S. ambassador saying they were forced into a vote that goes against the consensus there, but that no attacks should take place in the southern city of Rafa. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley says she does not fear Donald Trump and will not be exiting the race if she loses her home state primary on Saturday. More maybe see Stephen Portnoy. It was promoted by her campaign as an address on the state of the race, and it began with Nikki Haley pointing to speculation that she might drop out. Well, I'm not. Haley says she'll stay in the race until the last person votes and continue to press the case against the GOP frontrunner. I have no fear of Trump's retribution. Ahead of Saturday's South Carolina primary, the latest 538 polling average has Trump leading Haley by more than 30 points in her home state. Stephen Portnoy, ABC News, Washington. As President Joe Biden pushes House Republicans to pass needed aid for Ukraine, he wants voters to understand nearly two-thirds would actually be going to U.S. factories, like a munitions plant set up to open this summer in a gleaming new industrial park in Dallas. Administration officials combed through the foreign aid in this $95 billion bipartisan supplemental funding bill passed by the Senate. Of the $61 billion for Ukraine, nearly $40 billion would go to U.S. factories that make missiles, munitions, and other gear. House Speaker Mike Johnson refuses to put the bill up for a vote in the House. And Capital One is planning a takeover of Discover Financial in a move that could shape up the nation's payment industry. More maybe ABC's Mark Remillard. Capital One executives say their $35 billion takeover of Discover will see them invest big in changing consumer perception about Discover credit cards. Capital One says Discover cards are almost universally accepted by merchants, but most consumers don't realize that. The U.S. credit card industry is dominated by Visa and MasterCard, with Amex 3rd and Discover 4th. Roughly $6.8 trillion is run on Visa's network, compared to just $550 billion on Discover. Mark Remillard, ABC News.